Welcome to the Business of Business podcast. In this episode, Lewis talks to Charlie Middleton, international tax lawyer and accidental whistleblower. Charlie shares his experiences in trying to hold organizations accountable. Enjoy. My name is Charlie Middleton. I'm an international tax lawyer. I have a LLM from NYU, uh, which is a, a tax law degree that you get after law school. I have a law degree from Alabama. I went to SUNY Albany. I was in the Navy before all that. And then I practiced law in law firms uh, for uh, six years. Uh, and then I went to GE for seven years where I did three different jobs, M&A and then head of, head of tax for two GE divisions. Then I went to um, Caterpillar and I was the uh, head of tax for Caterpillar Financial. And then I went to Walmart uh, for a couple of years as a VP of international tax responsible for uh, tax planning globally. And then I went to uh, Oxbow, which is uh, owned by a billionaire named Bill Koch. And it's, and I was head of tax there. Okay. And, and so where are you now? You're, you, you're <clears throat> on your own firm. So for the last three years, I have, I have been um, working on startups and uh, I have I have uh, tried to get a job uh, in tax, um, and I've I've gotten pretty far down the road uh, on on some very good jobs. The, the demand for tax guys is huge, yeah. um, but but the word has sort of gotten out in the industry that uh, that I blew the whistle uh, on on uh, one of my employers, um, and uh, that that sort of makes you unemployable. And and you know the, there's a there's a sort of a question you have to ask yourself: Do you do you hide that? From potential employers and that that's what i did at first yeah. uh but the word's out so hiding it really doesn't do any good um and then and being candid about it really just takes means that you know you you can't get hired yeah. so 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 um i and during that time i've been kind of uh trying to um sort of advocate uh for change in the whistleblower world specifically it's my idea that Companies have fraud because their employees are um, have very strong disincentive to talk about it, right? So you don't go to a company saying, gosh, you know what I want to do is, is commit fraud, right? You don't wake up in the morning and say to the kids, you know, today I'm going to create some awesome fraud, right? Like, that's just not, that's not how people are, right? But, but, but you kind of get sucked into the situation where you see something that's, that's not right and you'd like to stop it. You'd like to raise your hand, but you know. If you do, you know, you will destroy your career. Um, and so there's a lot of honest people out there who who know about fraud at their company and they're staying quiet because they know they can't get a job. Not only will they be fired from their current job, but they won't be able to get another job. Yeah. And that's the part that I think should change. That other companies should hire people who are fired if they have if they are serious about getting rid of, of uh, fraud at their own company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's um, because I want to come on to all of this subject. You know, we we talked before about the idea of blackballing, and that's obviously something mm -hmm. we're subjected mm -hmm. to. But for the audience, can we take a step back right to the beginning? Um, sure. What is a whistleblower? Um, uh, and I'd like to get into the steps. You know, right through to you know how one would would go through the process of blowing the whistle. But let, let's start with the real basics for those listening. I guess I would define a whistleblower uh, as somebody who is a, an insider in an organization who becomes aware of 
of of fraud or crime or, or you know think bad things and and then reports those bad things either internally within the company or externally outside the company yeah and and that could be to the SEC typically or to the IRS in this case here in the US it could be but it, it can also be if you if you just report it uh, up up through management right i mean um i i have the, it's my opinion that there's some people who are kind of wired like whistleblowers and others who, who aren't right if if you're faced with with an ethical dilemma and you recognize that if you if you raise it you're going to make your boss mad do you have do, do you have the self-control to not raise it and just sort of live with the the dishonesty or or do you are you one of those people who just just has to bring it up yeah. you know so I, I think that whistleblowing internally is is at least as important as whistleblowing externally yeah um so if i'm you know and as in your case if i'm working for a company and i let's move beyond suspicion let's say i have evidence what would be the process of raising it and and you know what what would be the recommendation what's sort of the best way to go forward saying you have this you know you have the need to speak out about it well, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of angst in the whistleblower world about about the answer to that question. A lot of uh, lawyers would say, "Don't report it internally. Internal reporting systems are corrupt. People can't police themselves. The the people you talk to will not be on your side. Uh, they they will look for a reason to fire you. All you're doing is painting a target on your your back. Don't report it internally." There's other people who say. Look, the whistleblowers are trying to be the good guys here. We're trying to be the honest ones. And if you go and instantly, you know, rat out your company to the government, you're not the good guy. You're you're part of the problem. Yeah. So, so, so the you know, whistleblower lawyers tend. I heard a, I heard a good answer to that question, which which said went like this. Um, almost all whistleblowers initially report it internally. So, you know, what they should do or they shouldn't do, what they do do is report it internally. And I, and I think that that's right. That's that, the right thing to do is to report it internally. It takes some courage, right? Because, you know, I can, I can attest to the fact that, you know, companies will retaliate against you. Yeah. Um, if you choose to go external, then you, then you have a whole slew of places you can go. If it's a tax matter, you can go to the IRS. If it's foreign corrupt practices or, or something that impacts the uh, you know financial statements of a public company that's traded in America, then you can go to the SEC. There's you know um, multiple government agencies that have been set up to hear these. And, and one of the most powerful is the False Claims Act, which allows uh, whistleblowers, insiders to sue uh, a, a, a company for defrauding the government and recover uh, even if the government doesn't join their action, generally the Department of Justice will join the good actions. But yeah, so 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 to to fully answer your question about you know should you go inside, uh, I heard a, a lawyer say um, if the internal compliance team is run by lawyers, you should not go to them. Right. Because because if the internal uh, department is run by lawyers then then they have the protection of attorney client privilege so they say they can basically take everything you give them and they don't have to share it with anybody okay. um yeah. and so you mentioned the the false claims act because uh, uh, the the other two would be the sec and the irs um i want to start with the irs we uh, again we spoke before and you 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 talked about uh the fear of the irs 
Um, and in reality, that's not necessarily the case, right? So, so what, what's generally happened when, you know, there's been a whistleblower and, a, and an action with the IRS? How, how is that typically playing out? So, so what I was referring to previously was the the fear of the IRS. I think is is overblown, right? There's there's a lot of taxpayers who are afraid of the IRS. That they believe that the IRS is this big bad organization, and they can they they have the power of the government, and they can come in and they can crush you. In my experience, that's not what happens. I mean, I'm sure that has happened. Yeah. But, but in my 20 plus years experience as a tax lawyer, the government's generally not unreasonable. Generally. The taxpayer has every single advantage, right? I mean, a, a well-represented corporate taxpayer has every single advantage. They they can plan the transaction. They can decide what the IRS gets to see. Yeah, They understand their business very well. The IRS doesn't. And if there's a lot of money involved, they can put a lot of resource, resources onto it, right? I've been involved in audits where you've got $3 million a year partners and, and, and five you know, $400,000 a year associates uh, uh, on, on one side of the table, along with, you know, five highly paid internal guys. And on the other side of the table, you got two IRS guys, one makes 200 grand, one makes 100 grand, right? And obviously, the amount of money that someone makes is not determinant of the quality of their work. But if you know, you, you've got eight highly motivated, well trained people on one side and, and two overworked government employees on the other side, it ain't a fair fight, generally. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, yeah. And and so after that, then you have um, the SEC. Um, yeah, well, and I didn't answer your, your question about how do you go to the IRS. So the, if you think that there's a problem with a taxpayer and you have um, information, you can file this thing called a Form 211. Yeah. And, and the Form 211 says, I think this taxpayer has underpaid their taxes by this amount, and here's the, um, uh, here, here's the issue, and generally, lawyers would advise that that'd be very well thought out, just kind of hand the IRS the, the case on a platter. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know, did business in this jurisdiction. Here's a document that proves that they, they, they didn't pay tax. And here's a document that proves that, you know, you, they, you know, you just, if you can provide the IRS with extremely useful documents that they otherwise could not get, then, you know, the chances are the IRS is going to take it. The, the whistleblower office is going to decide whether or not, uh, uh, to proceed with it, then the um, operating uh, divisions of the IRS will do a, a thing called a taint analysis, where they'll call up the whistleblower and they say, you know, is the material, you know, attorney-client privileged? Did you obtain it in an ethical way? Did you steal it? If you didn't steal it, if you if you got it legitimately, and if it's and if it's not uh, subject to attorney-client privilege, they will generally turn it over to the audit team. So the IRS goes to great lengths to protect the taxpayer, uh, even in this process. Um, the, uh, something which I think is worth understanding about the IRS process and, and, and the, the other whistleblower programs as well, they have a lot of claims. I mean, uh, you know, the, the IRS whistleblower office has something like 19,000 open claims. They paid last year, 30 high dollar claims. The, the, the ones that where the matter at issue is over $2 million. So, you know, they've got a huge crush of, of claims and a lot of them are poor quality, right? right. Filing a form 211 is easy. You know, I mean, I could do 10 of them in an hour, right? But filing a high quality form 211, you know, is difficult. I mean, I, I filed 
a, a form 211 that, that took me well over 100 hours right. to draft, right? And, and, and it deals with every single issue because if you're an insider, you know every single issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I suppose the issue is, um, particularly on tax, is the business purpose of a transaction, right? Again, and we, we talked about that before. And, and so I suppose if you're putting this case together um, with those highly paid lawyers, it's very easy. Uh, almost subjective rather than objective as to whether it's a case of fraud um, or what, you know, and, and it, you can look at certain transactions as a way in which they are um, playing to the spirit of the, the law rather than, again, the objectivity. But that's the difficulty, right, is, is when there's a, a you know, the, the business purpose of a transaction, is it fraud or isn't it? Yeah, you're, you're right about that. I mean, that is a hard, hard issue. And generally, the, the um, U.S. tax code has multiple any abuse rules, which say that if, if you if you do a transaction with no business purpose, solely for a tax purpose, you don't you don't achieve the tax purpose. Right. In, in my opinion, that is not where most of the of the tax whistleblower issues are. That, that is a very nuanced uh, issue. And the, the IRS uh, generally doesn't even raise that issue. Uh, because although the law is on their side, the, the taxpayer has such control of the facts, and judges have actually been very kind to taxpayers in in, in giving them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, yeah. th this is one of those areas where it's just a piece. It's just it's just law that isn't enforced, right? I mean, right. If, you, if you're a well-advised taxpayer, you just get an opinion that says you did it for a business purpose. You recite that you did it for a business purpose. You make up a business purpose. Uh, yeah. So that the the, the business purpose. Um, kinds of issues are, are not the nuanced places where whistleblower actions are. Whistleblower actions are, they didn't file a tax return, right? Whistleblower actions are, you know, they, they shifted all their income to a tax haven for no reason where they've got no per people and they, you know, ignored three code sections doing it. That's, you know, my experience, those are the good whistleblower claims. Yeah. Okay. Um, Moving on then, and I, you know, I, I touched upon it before we came back to tax. But what about on the SEC side? How is that? Um, how have they? How are they different to the IRS in, in your experience? Well, I'm not an expert in the SEC claims, um, but one of the big differences with the SEC claims is they tend to pay out a lot faster. Uh, you know, the average time to pay in the IRS is nine and a half years, and and it was last year it was eight and a half, and the year before that it was seven and a half. Right? There's a there's a bad trend going on. Yeah. Um, it, for the SEC, it's more like three years. The SEC pays a portion of the penalty which they collect. So if, if you tell the SEC about a public company um, doing something that impacts their financial statements, that causes their financial statements to be inaccurate, and the SEC decides to pursue the company, it generally turns into an enforcement action and a fine relatively quickly, right? The IRS, I'm sorry, the SEC decides relatively qu quickly whether this is something that they want to pursue the company on. And then, you know, some SEC actions can go on for, for a decade, but yeah. most don't. Yeah. Um, okay. And so um, you, you mentioned before that in terms of successful whistleblowers, and we'll come on to rewards and things, but you, you had said that the False Claims Act was the, was the best out of the three, if you're gonna, if you're gonna whistleblow against any of these, mm -hmm. these three, right? Well, I think that it's the best design system, right? And, and, and oh, but by the way, these aren't the only three. Okay. Um, you know, the Quality's Future, uh, you know, 
exchange has one. Uh, the military, uh, you know, has has some protections and some programs. There's there's other programs of which I'm unaware, but these are those are the big three. Yeah. But the False Claims Act is the best design because it allows the taxpayer to pursue the government's interest without getting a government agent to do it for them. Yeah. Right. And so so in, in the other actions, somebody who knows everything has to go to the government and the government has to convince the government to to pursue the the company. And in the False Claims Act, they, they, the whistleblower can do it on their own. If you look at the history of the False Claims Act, initially, the government was was downright hostile to whistleblowers and they sort of have come around. And now every year they they, they collect billions of dollars for the benefit of the government through the False Claims Act. They collect much more than they collect for the IRS. Right. And, you know, my expectation is that that there's a lot more people who are cheating on their taxes than are overcharging uh, the government for government contracts. Yeah. So so I think that, that that demonstrates that the False Claims Act is a better system. Right. The IRS has got very thin resources to deal with all the whistleblower complaints that they have. And they and they use sort of Byzantine processes, which which you know sort of get in their own way. Um, you know they 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 have to uh, they 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 sort of work very very hard to make sure that taxpayer information doesn't doesn't leave the government. There's a criminal code section called sixty one hundred three, which says that it's a crime for an IRS agent to share taxpayer information. And they try very hard to ensure that they don't do that. And that, that causes a lot of bureaucratic inefficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to come back to, um, you know, the, the, the sort of um, the process of whistleblowing and, you know, the type of person that a whistleblower might be. Um, earlier this week, I, I spoke with um, a lady called Chris Doxy, who was involved in cleaning up WorldCom back in 2003. She was telling mm -hmm. me about how um, those in finance and accounting were party to, you know, the big fraud there because of the management team cooking the books. Absolutely. I want, and I wanted to ask you, um, typically, you know, because we're talking about putting your career on the line, and on the flip side, there's there's obviously reward. But um, what at what level is a is a typical whistleblower? Like, at what level of of the organisation? Because to me, you've got to be pretty well educated on on the fraud that's going on in order to be able to report it and get a pretty watertight case, right? So, so my question is: Is there a you know at what level do people become aware and are able to be in a position to be a, a whistleblower? Well, I, I think that you could be at a relatively low level. I mean, if you're if you're a member of an accounting team and you understand the company's books and records, um, and you understand, you know, so so in WorldCom, which was like a lot of other uh, accounting frauds, it, it just had to do with revenue manipulation, right? That they, they just say they said they were making more money than they were, and. Um, so, so revenue recognition is driven by complex accounting rules. You know, if, if, if I agree to, to buy, you know, a dollar worth of stuff for the next five years, do, is that a dollar's revenue or five years dollars revenue, right? Yeah. Well, the junior accountant should, should understand that issue. I think though that most whistleblowers tend to be at mid-level or higher. And, you know, the, because they, they, they have the judgment to know what's, 
what's right and what's 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 standard practice and what's not they they know whether you're cheating or not yeah. if you if you're a junior accountant and the and the senior guy says look you know FASB has said that we can re recognize our revenue this way and this is the way it's done and this is right then the junior accountant's likely to say okay you're the boss yeah. Yeah. i don't know the rules you know you know and, but 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 after you've been around the block a few times you ought to be able to tell right i mean um Sharon Watkins at, at Enron uh, saw that Enron was hiding huge liabilities off the balance sheet using, you know, accounting tricks. Yeah. And, and she had the sophistication to understand that that, that was dangerous and it could blow up. Um, she, she asked the CEO about it. The CEO literally picked up the phone immediately and called his outside law firm, Vincent Elkins, and said, how do we get rid of her? Right. Right. Is it <laughs> Um, and this was sort of days before the company blew up because it, because they were cheating, you know, so horrendously on their account. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that you, you, that they tend that they whistleblowers tend to be relatively, you know, senior, um, and, and relatively sophisticated and, and they understand unambiguously the company's cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you yourself, you call yourself an accidental whistleblower. Um, and, and again, you know, in our discussion before, you, you had mentioned, and I, and I want to kind of get into this, you know, who is a typical whistleblower? What's the personality for it, for someone who's, who's a whistleblower in your experience? Well, I only know a few. Um, but, 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 uh, but having read the biography of, of several of them, I've noticed that they tend to be serial offenders. Right. Um, you know, Bradley Birkenfeld uh, raised raised issues at, at one bank and then he went and, and you know, uh, became a spectacular whistleblower at another at UBS. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, th there were uh, Sharon Watkins said that she raised some of the issues that she raised earlier and they were ignored. And then it, it got too big to ignore. Yeah. Um, so I, th I think that th there is a, a difference between whistleblowers and other kinds of people, but it's a it's a it's a sort of spectrum. Right. In my case, you know, the accidental whistleblower thing basically came from at, at, at every major company that I've worked for, I've seen issues that bother me, right? And, and, um, and, I've, and I've raised them in the way that I thought should be raised, right? You go to your boss and if your boss gives you a satisfactory answer, you stop. And if, you, if your boss doesn't give you a satisfactory answer, you wait a while and you go to other people in the organization until you get a satisfactory answer or until they, you know, shoot you. Yeah. Uh, in, my, in my experience, um, most companies say they want to do the right thing. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm sure that there's people who mean it. Uh, what, I, what I see is that if the, if the dollar amount is big enough, they shoot you. Yeah. Right. It, it you know, it, it, it's really a results based analysis. If you, if you, if, if there's some, you know, an easy whistleblower case is, Hey boss, I discovered that someone is stealing from us. Well, that's not controversial. Yeah. You know, somebody else is stealing from the company, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a fraud, but it's a, it's not hard to blow the whistle on that. What's hard is, Hey boss, that financial statement that you just attested to as being accurate is not accurate, right? You're overstating our earnings, which is, you know, defrauding investors, you know, or, or at least giving investors the wrong impression about our financial condition. So, you know, 
that is that will likely to get people um, upset with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, hearing you know hearing about you know this process to me, if I were in this position, it would seem pretty overwhelming. Like the odds are stacked against me in terms of being able to ultimately seek justice. Um, but obviously, you, you how many times have you blown the whistle now? Well, I guess it just depends on what you mean by blowing the whistle. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I have raised ethical issues at every company that I've worked at. Yeah. Um, in, 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 and, and when I have been satisfied internally, I have not gone external. And when I've not been satisfied externally, generally, um, after being terminated, I have gone external. Right. And, and I agree with you. It does seem daunting. It does seem like it, it takes courage, but I don't think that people, the whistleblowers are going, gosh, I'm Mr. Courageous, right? I, I think what they're, they're, they're thinking that they're in a difficult situation and each step of the way, they they think, well, should I tell my boss? Yes, I should, yeah. right? And then, you know, okay, I'm not satisfied with what my boss said. Should I go to the accounting team? Should I go to internal audit? You know, should I go to the, you know, whoever? Uh, and then and then, if you, if, if you get fired, I mean, one natural reason for going to the government is you can be paid. Yeah. Another one is you're angry. Yeah. Right? You know, if, if, if you're doing a good job and you have good performance reports and then you, you raise an ethical issue and all of a sudden the company discovers that, you know, that you're, that you're terrible at your job, right? Well, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Um, so, so from your experience and personally of, you know, you mentioned your current work situation, um, but what was it like for you going through the process? You know, like you say, you raised it internally, didn't work out, so you go external. Um, what was, you know, take us through that, you know, without naming names or whatever you're able mm -hmm. to do. What, mm -hmm. was, what was that like? Um, what is it like going internally and, and being rebuffed uh, to the point then where you're, you're fired? Um, you know, what was that like for you personally? So, so if you raise an issue, the, the response will universally be, thank you. Thank you so much for raising this issue. It's important to us that people raise these issues. Yeah. And we've got, a, we've got an internal team investigating that. Um, that internal team always concludes that the company did anything wrong, right? right. The, the Self-policing doesn't work yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so but but they don't the, the 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 being fired and the raising the issue or they you know they they obfuscate they you, you don't get fired for raising the issue you get fired for something else yeah. you know in, in one of the companies in which i raised an issue but i was not fired it was obvious that they had done a very deep dive into my my expense reports yeah and they and they you know in the exit interview said we're going to do you a big favor and we're not going to go after you for flying virgin when you should have flown delta yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the companies are hostile to forces that are that are hurting that are fighting them, right? I mean, and they they perceive, uh, especially SEC stuff, right? If you if you accuse a company of cheating on their financial statements, you are hitting people where they live, yeah. right? If, if if there's a if if they have intentionally misrepresented their financial condition, especially 
in a way that's material such that the financial statements have to be restated, there's a meaningful chance the CFO will get fired. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and the controller and, and some, some heads are, are likely to roll if there's a restatement. And under SOX, you know, the chance of, of jail time, if there's enough backbone there, I suppose. Yeah, I guess it's theoretically possible. I, I, I have a, I'm cynical view of, of SOX because SOX has a process where every quarter all the officers are required to attest to the financial statements. And they say the financial statements, you know, accurately reflect the financial condition of the company. And we have in place systems that will detect any kind of fraud. Well, a new, a new um, scandal comes up every month with with a company that's subject to SOX. Heads never roll on the SOX thing, right? right? So, so the SOX attestations are routinely inaccurate. And I mean, look at every scandal that comes out and then look at what happened before that and then what, what happened after it to the officers in that area. I mean, if there was a, if there was an FCPA scandal, then prior to that, a whole bunch of officers were saying, we have in place systems that will detect foreign corrupt practices, right? Yeah. Those systems didn't work, right? So those attestations are, are incorrect either by accident or I think many cases on purpose, right? I mean, if a company's paying bribes, someone at the company knows they're paying bribes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, and if they're if they're at, attesting that that they have in place systems that'll catch those bribes, they're they're lying. Yeah. Um, or they're dumb, or they're lying, right? I mean, I mean, the, of those people choose. I was I was dumb, but but you know, somebody put it well when they said, um, when you go up through the ranks of the company. The first thing that they do is they evaluate your competence, right? And yeah. and so th- there's a whole bunch of people who are who are smart and hardworking and they're competent. So after you've determined that people are competent, the next thing is to determine whether they can be trusted. And and in many ways that's the more important test. Yeah. And so, you know, w- when you look at some scandals that companies have had, and then and you realize that there was a lot of senior people who knew that was going on. And and they were all lying for a long time. Yeah. Right. Um, the those people have been selected for their jobs based on their loyalty, their trustworthiness, their their ability to shut up. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. and, and that's why you get blackballed, right? If you yeah. you, you failed the ultimate test, you, you've ratted the company out, right? I mean, and and at some point, I kind of hope the companies will be run not on the lines of the mob. Right, yeah. but <laughs> currently, currently they are right. I mean, you yeah. got you got to stay quiet about the the stuff that you know. Yeah. So um, there's there's two areas I want I want to get into then that you know that we're leading into, and the first is the role of internal audit and compliance, because mm-hmm. as you say, management can be run like the mob, right? <laughs> Surely the role of internal audit and or the compliance team is to be independent and to keep these guys in check, right? So what's your view on that? If their role is they're starting to look independent, but 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 do you really want them to be independent? I mean, no, you don't. It's self policing, right? So you yeah. you want the, the management wants control of internal audit. They they put people in, in internal audit who who can be counted on to to support the side. Um, I, I, I'm extremely skeptical of compliance teams and internal audit. The compliance teams and internal audit do not detect. Uh, the frauds where the company's intentionally doing it ever. Right. right. 
sometimes they find, you know, when, when somebody else is, is defrauding the company, but it takes whistleblowers to find to the issues where the company's is, is the, is the, is the sort of guilty party. Yeah. Um, you know, and I find that the, the compliance teams like to adopt, you know, fine sounding rhetoric, right? There's a, you know, a piece of paper, a mission statement, you know, integrity is important to us, yeah. right? And, and every company has a, has something that says integrity is important to us. So, so, so if every company says it, it's meaningless, right? And, and if you were a bad company, would, would you, would you have a mission statement that says, you know, our mission statement is to be evil, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> you have one that says we, that we have integrity. So, so saying you have integrity is a meaningless gesture, yeah. right? It's what you do that matters. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and we see companies time and again, not doing the things that would get rid of fraud. Uh, and, you know, and, and my personal sort of favorite, uh, you know, my, my sort of mission is to, is to advocate that intentionally hiring whistleblowers who've been fired by other companies would demonstrate without a doubt that the company has a commitment to integrity, not just fine words, but like action. Yeah. Right. But, but no one does it. I mean, literally, no yeah. one does. Yeah. So, in an ideal world, then, if you could redesign internal audit and compliance, what would that look like? Would you would you advocate for making them completely independent? You know, is that almost you know to go from self policing to almost having a, a unit that sits within the organization that is truly independent no. of the management team? Accounting firms are supposed to be independent, right? Yeah. Independent auditors, right? But but accounting accounting firms are lapdogs, right? They're, they're trying to sell services. Accounting firms are never the ones who catch the, the frauds either. They pass on them, right? Yeah. Time and time again, every single one of the big four has got cases where they were they knew about the accounting irregularities. They went along with it, and 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 part of it is because you have this, you know, we have rules based systems, so. Uh, this is this is sort of dates me. There's an old there's an old accounting scandal, which would have to do with, let's say that I have a a loss, an uninsured loss this quarter of a hundred dollars, and that's going to cause me to miss earnings. Yeah. Well, th there was a financial product you could buy where, you, where you'd say that loss that I already incurred, I'd like to buy insurance for it, and 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 the premium is you know is a hundred and ten dollars you know um, uh, payable next year. Right, so you give me a hundred dollars now to to cover that, and I'll pay you one hundred and ten dollars next year as the insurance premium for that. Yeah. Right. Well, it's a loan, right? You know, you yeah. give me a hundred now to cover this thing, and then I give you one hundred and ten. But they were reporting it as insurance because the 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 rule which the accounting industry had come up with was something is insurance if there's a ten percent chance of a ten percent loss. Well, ten percent times ten percent is one percent. Yeah. Right. So. You could call anything insurance, yeah. and and that is exactly what they did, right? So right. the the insurance the 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 accounting experts would say, well, we've applied our standard. The standard says you know ten percent chance, ten percent loss. There's a one percent chance of loss here, so that's insurance. You're good, right? But you know any kind of common sense analysis shows no, it's not. It's not you know you don't you you missed earnings because you had this loss. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't think that independent. Uh, parts of the company are going to be independent any more than I think that independent auditors are independent. Right. You know, who pays them? Yeah. 
uh, independent board members are not independent, right? The, 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 the people love to call themselves independent board members. Well, who chose you? And and if you raise hell, do you stick around or do they get rid of you? Yeah. Right. You know, are you selected for your ability to to shut up? Or are you selected for your because you're a troublemaker? Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't think that they're looking for troublemakers. No. Um, I mean, and that's why I keep going back to my sort of talking point, which is intentionally hire people who are going to put their hand up. Yeah. I mean, we, we've got people who put their hand up, even though it is dramatically against their interest. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the company is going to go after you. They're going to look at your expense report. They're going to creatively think of ways to smear you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and okay. Yeah. There are these bounty programs where they pay 3% of the people 10 years later, right? It is not a good value proposition. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if, if you're a senior uh, tax guy at a major company, you're making, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars a year, right? You, you're, you're not, you know, you're not saying, oh boy, I'm going to, you know, trade that for, for this, this 3% chance of a big payday in three, in 10 years, yeah, right? Yeah. It's a bad deal. Yeah. So, so if you've got people who are willing to put their hand up under those circumstances, if you had a world where it was actually encouraged to report fraud and, and it was actually valued by some honest companies, then I, I think that I think you bring the whole the risk of fraud would go up dramatically for everybody. Yeah. Right. It, you know, you. The only way you can continue to, to have fraud is if, if if employees are afraid of being fired if they report it. Yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about that then because and the first time we you know we talk about independence if we can't have independence in the company what about protections for employees you know where I'm from in the UK um, employment law is very much geared towards the employee okay if you want to get mm -hmm. rid of someone there's a process you go through and it can take months right right you got to have right. all your your your, eye, your you know your, your t's crossed and your eyes dotted. Mm -hmm. California, where I recently moved from, you know, you work at will. I could resign and give you two hours' notice. I could be fired without reason. So, if we get, you know, if we can't get independence from the company, should we have better protections for employees in employment law? Then, um, and, and in a particular case around whistleblowers, if I, if I raise an issue, should there be, you know, protections around me? Um, you know, in terms of going off and finding, like you say, if I've done an expense report wrong or I missed a target in sales or what have you, right? Just, you know, an excuse mm -hmm. to fire me in, in light of the fact that I'm blowing the whistle. There should absolutely be uh, protections. And, and you know, previously when, when I said that, that achieving independence is hard, I didn't mean you shouldn't try. Yeah. You know, um, I, I just, I'm cynical about being effective, right? The, the person who pays you and decides whether you have a job controls you. You're not independent. If 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 you're you're not independent of your boss. Yeah. Um. So. But but yes, there should be whistleblower protections. Um. But I'm also kind of cynical about those because, so. You raise an issue, your company, builds a case against you, and fires you, then you go to the government and you make the company take you back. Right. That is not a fun place to work. Right? <laughs> like, do you want to you want to sign up for that deal? <laughs> right? 
you know, so I, I mean, I, yes, there should be, there should be, these, these laws should be in place, but it's, but it's certainly not plan A. Uh, you know, the, 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 what, what, what the goal should be is, is getting to this place where the rhetoric that people say about, Hey, thank you for raising that issue is not bullshit. Yeah. Right. We're so far from that now. We're a light years from that. Right. The, the, they will all say, thank you. They, in my experience, none of them will mean it. Yeah. Um, but I think it is entirely possible to get to a place where, where they do mean it. You know, yeah. so if, if you, if you're in the business of selling, you know, uh, whatever weapons to, to foreign countries, uh, and, and you, you found that if you bribe the people who are buying the weapons, you sell more of the weapons. Okay. So you could have a pro bribery program. Um, and, and then if your employees raise the issue, then you might want to get rid of them and figure out how to keep them quiet, et cetera. Yeah. But, 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 but it'd be kind of be better if, if you could, if, if everybody was empowered to blow the whistle, then you wouldn't gain any competitive advantage by bribing because you'd be found out yeah. and neither would your competitor. So, so the, the world's resources would be allocated more efficiently because there would be a lot less fraud. Yeah. Um, and so if you can, if you can convince somebody, some leader, right, uh, Elon Musk or somebody uh, to say, Hey, look, you don't need any unfair advantages. Well, all you want to do is just get rid of your, your competition having unfair advantages. Yeah. So, 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 you know, create a culture where you, where you hire whistleblowers, you got nothing to fear yeah. from a whistleblower if you're doing stuff right. And if you, the second you discover you weren't doing something right, you fix it. Yeah. And the only reason you have to fear a whistleblower is if you weren't doing things right and you don't want to fix it. That's right. Yeah. It's <laughs> more about them than what it does about hiring the individual. Right. So, um, so would you consider yourself blackboard then? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and blackballing, I think it's worth recognizing that it's not, there's not some like, you know, list, you know, with these are the people who are blackballed, right? Yeah. It, it's, 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 when I go and an and interview for a job and, and, you know, they will talk to my former employer. My former employer might say, we're not going to say anything, right? Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of companies say that. And then that kind of tells you something because even though there's an official policy that they won't say anything, generally you can get people to say stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're calling and checking somebody's references, they'll say, officially, I can't say anything. Unofficially, yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, they will also call the accounting firm that services the, you know, you, you know, if you're company B and you're checking up on an employee who came from company A, you will say company B's accountants and you'll go to those accounts and you'll say, Hey, what do you know about this guy, Charlie? And, and they'll say, well, I don't know. And they'll, they'll check with, with their counterparts who were, who were working for counter for company A. There's only four accounting firms that really matter, right? I mean, the big four, the other ones are, fine institutions, right? But, but, you know, 99 of out of, out of a hundred big companies are audited by the big, big four and the big four do work for all of the big companies, right? Tax consulting or other consulting. So there's a network. And if, you know, if I blow the whistle at company A and then I go to company B and the, and the, you know, accountant for company B calls the accountant for company A, if I'm the accountant for company A, I would probably say, well, you know, he raised some issues and, you know, he was a whistleblower and, you know, and, and, and he pissed some people off and, 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 you know, 
I wouldn't think of myself as being a bad person for saying something that is true. Yes. Yeah. You know, it is true that, that, that I was a troublemaker, right? I did raise this issue, yeah. right? So then it gets back to the new employer and they're like, yeah, you know, given the choice between somebody who's not a troublemaker and somebody who is, I'm like, you know, I'm just not going to hire the troublemaker. Yeah. Um, so, so, so the, the process of, of, of blackballing is, is is innocent at every step but the but the end result is is bad yeah 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 extremely frustrating as well for you and those others who've, who've gone through it um i want to i want to come back to um the reward side of things because we mentioned um uh we mentioned uh, uh bradley birkenfeld um yep. and we, we dropped that name um bradley um i can't remember what it was was it 2003 he um he disclosed issues going on with ubs um he ended up going to jail and he was awarded a payout as well a mm -hmm. turn of events in that one um but he was his the biggest payout in in the history of whistleblowing i understand so he got 104 million and i think he may be getting more okay um and uh, there's a there's a guy named Ed Seidel uh, who's an SEC whistleblower, and he's gotten a, at least sixty eight million, I think. But he's probably gotten a lot more. Okay. You know, not not every whistleblower becomes public. No. And and I'm I'm aware of some 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 matters that are dramatically larger than that that haven't that haven't reached the end yet. Yeah. Um. So, but 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 these but these outsized awards are are certainly the exception. Yeah. Um. You know. The, the total number of awards is a very small number to begin with, yeah. right? 30 in a year, it's just not that meaningful. No, not other right? cases, right? Well, and so I, uh, I did the math one time on, you know, the, the IRS uh, uh, estimates what the tax gap is, the difference between the amount that they, that they actually collect and the amount that they would collect if everybody was completely honest. And the last estimate of that that I saw was $450 billion. So, so U.S. taxpayers and companies cheat the IRS by $450 billion. Right. Well, and, and, and in a good year, the IRS will collect a billion with its whistleblower program. Right. In an average year, they'll collect $300 million. Well, $300 million in $450 billion is, is, is not even a rounding error. I mean, it's not big enough to be a rounding error. Right? <laughs> it's point oh oh whatever. Uh, and so, so th these programs are just are not really changing behavior. They're not really. They they have great promise, um, but but I, I, they're not. The, the IRS whistleblower program is not real yet. Right. Uh, the False Claims Act certainly is. Yeah. I mean, there's an entire industry of people looking for False Claims Acts uh, claims. Right. They, they, you know, if, if you're overcharging the government, it's open season on you. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. if, if you're cheating the government on your taxes, yeah, you're probably going to get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Do you, do you have any um, temptation to go and work um, uh, in the, you know, the, let's call them the whistleblower departments of the SEC or the IRS? Do you have any temptation to go, go down that road now? I don't think I I think that. Uh, uh, I, I would be prohibited from getting a whistleblower claim if I worked for the IRS. Yeah. Right. So, so, so Conflict the, the, the revolving door only works to the benefit of companies, not to the benefit of, of, of uh, the government sort yeah. of ever. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you've got people who go from 
senior government officials to, or, or, you know, senior or mid-level or whatever, to directly to the industry that's being regulated all the time. Yeah. And, and there are laws which are designed to prevent conflicts of interest. They're not, I mean, it's very, very rare for a government employee to be uh, arrested for, you know, taking taking information to, to industry. It's, I mean, I'm aware of a couple of cases where it's happened. It happened with the SEC not that long ago. It happened with the IRS about 10 years ago. It, it does happen, yeah. but very rare. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so what I wanted to ask you now is um, for anybody listening to this who's sat on the fence, they're aware of something that's going on in their organization, what advice would you give to them? Um, well, uh, me personally, yeah. well, I, I think that I would, I would resist the temptation to tell your boss. Um, if, if, if you insist on telling your boss, you, you should do it in a very careful way. Um, and recognize that, that there's a pretty good chance that they're going to come after you. So, right. so really I would just say, don't, don't tell your boss, right? If you, unless you, unless you have, just amazing confidence that the company really wants to do the right thing. My experience is they don't really want to do the right thing. They, what they want to do is get away with it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so um, if you insist on, on doing something with it, I mean, the, the, what the vast majority of people do is they ignore it and they also pretend to themselves that there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, if, but if you insist, Go to the government in a smart way that's designed to um, protect your family and, and, and get assets for your family. I mean, you know, the, the IRS is supposed to protect the confidentiality of whistleblowers, but yeah. they don't always do it. Right? They, about that. Yeah. Mistakes yeah. get made. Um, and so you have to recognize that. I mean, I, I can't remember who it was. I think it, was, it may have been Warren Buffett or something that said, you know, don't don't risk what you can't afford to lose to get, you know, what you don't need. Yeah. Right. And if, if you can't afford to lose your job, don't risk it. Yeah. Yeah. In principle, then as a whistleblower, um, I, you in this case should remain confidential as the IRS or whoever are investigating the claims. The IRS, the IRS is, um, is required to try to keep whistleblowers confidential. They, there's not a, they're not, you know, sort of, there's no penalties if they, if they don't. And, and, the, and it's just basically kind of a moral obligation. I think that they take that moral obligation very serious. And um, they, 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 you know, they, they set up a lot of firewalls to, to protect uh, information from getting in the wrong places. And as I mentioned, that creates a lot of inefficiency. Yeah. Um, but they, but they do make mistakes and, and where it does, get out um, and, and the worst way that word can get out is if if people go from the government to a particular company you know you know I'm aware of a case where a person was auditing a major company and and the audit was triggered by the whistleblower right so the whistleblower gives information the IRS agent asked the company, Formal questions, called information document requests, IDRs, yeah, and then and then the and then that person, that IRS agent, was offered a job with the taxpayer, took that job, and 
you know, of course the identity of the whistleblower was compromised, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, you know, in that case, my sympathies are with the former IRS agent. I, I don't, you know, people should ha have career mobility. You should be able to change jobs, yeah. right? Yeah. You should have opportunities. It should be a rare case where you say, no, you, you can't go work for them because they're just, you know, you can't audit one, a company one day and then defend the audit the next day. That doesn't make any sense. So you'll but, 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 so let me finish. The, the, yeah. my, my, my sympathies are with the, with the, um, the employee. My sympathies are not with the company, right? If the company is a multi-billion dollar enterprise, they can choose whoever they want to hire, yeah. right? And if they... If they go after their IRS agent, eh, that's kind of per se scummy, yeah. right? They, they, they are intentionally, it's not like it's, oh my goodness, we couldn't find anyone else to work for us. So, so we just had to hire our IRS agent. Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. on. So your argument is that, that in hiring that person, they put pressure on them to say, hey, who was the, who was the whistleblower in this case? That's what you're getting at. And the, the sympathy is with that person because now they're under pressure in a new job. Not just that, not just that. I mean, if they if they hire their auditor, they know the IRS's entire strategy. They know everything the IRS knows, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, the, the, it, it, they shouldn't be permitted to do it. And and if they do it, then they're they're behaving badly. Yeah. Right. Um, the, in the case I'm thinking of, I believe the IRS consented to it. Right. So some senior person in the IRS said, OK, you can do it. You know, I mean, we, we have regulatory capture in this country, right? I mean, the, the, the government is run by big companies. Yeah. You, you, you can buy politicians, right? It's called a pan campaign contribution, right? You, you, can, you can hire somebody who was at a senior government job, and it happens for the vast majority of senior government jobs go on to private sector jobs making much more money. Yeah. Um, so the, the system is somewhat inherently um, compromised. Um, but 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 effort should be made to to limit that, it's especially when, you know, it, you know, it, there's a whistleblower involved, and the identity of the whistleblower is likely to be compromised. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I want to kind of round things out here um, and really come back to uh, the story of being, you know, the blackballing, because there's a real sense of injustice, right, above all else, that you know, you're a good, you know, you're a good worker, a hard worker, you know, you, you know, you've, you've, uh, and I'm just talking about you to anybody who's been blackboard, right? Above all else, it's a great sense of injustice that here you are trying to do the right thing. And now you're in a position where you're potentially unemployable, right? That's really what it boils down to. And in a yeah. sense, you know, it's a deterrent to other people. As you say, you know, don't, I can't remember. I can't, I'll, I'll paraphrase your quote of Warren Buffett that you know don't you know, throw away what you can't afford to lose, and it's a huge deterrent to anybody going up against the man, the machine to to call out problems which the general public would agree should be called out, you know, with good conscience, um, as investors, as um, as consumers of products of companies that are, are misbehaving, and yet for you as individuals, ended up being blackboard. Um, unable potentially to provide for family and so on is is inherently wrong. So, um, I, I suppose my last question is, um, what do we do? What what's your advice 
to employers and what's your advice to fellow individuals who who sense that you know have a great sense of injustice well it, it's a hard problem right because in, a, in an ideal world employers should be able to hire who they want to hire yeah. right and 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 we have as a society have have decided to make exceptions in a few cases right um you know if, if somebody is being discriminated against uh, for you know uh national origin you know etc then when we've decided that the you know the society has a policy that we're not going to do that um I, i'm not advocating that that whistleblowers should be some kind of new protected class yeah uh i i, I and and I, and i think that um I'm very sympathetic to, to, to the fact that, that a person who's building a team that's trying to get some work done should choose, should get to choose the people they want to choose. Right. So, so having a, a mandate to hire whistleblowers to me, just, I, I, I don't like it. All right. It, 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 it's just like the whistleblower, you know, requ being required to hire the whistleblower back. You don't want him back and he shouldn't want to come back. What, what, what we what we need to, to work towards if we can I don't know how we how we can where there are companies that actually value what whistleblowers bring to the table and you know one way that I think that might work is just as a start is is if every time a CFO or CEO or chief you know, compliance officer gets up and says we're committed to integrity yes I know we've we were caught doing some bad stuff last year, but that's, that's all behind us. We're, now it's all about integrity. And, and, and the question is, uh, so you guys have, you know, 500,000 employees. How many whistleblowers have you hired? Well, none. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, okay. So your, your words and your actions are not matching each other. Yeah. Right. Well, so I'm going to believe your actions, right? You, you, you're not, you're, you're not being honest about having, uh, an intention to go on to if, if, if you're still preserving the option to commit fraud because you won't hire people who will put up their hand when you commit fraud, you're signaling very loudly. Yeah. And, and so I think that if, if that embarrassing question gets asked frequently enough by influential enough questioners, then, then we might see some change. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Well, this is, this has been really great. Um, Thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me. Um, I will put um, links on the platforms to find you on LinkedIn, that kind of thing. Um, I said before when I spoke to you, you have some great stories and it would make for a, a fantastic book. I do hope you get the chance to get some of this down. Um, yeah. uh, I, I hope that that's something that you would consider. But, um, yeah, thank you very much for this. Um, yeah. Appreciate you giving me a platform. You know, that I feel passionately about this issue of the, the solution is hire whistleblowers, yeah. right? And, and and I really have been uh, frustrated by the lack of traction that idea has gotten. Even in the compliance community, people push back. Uh, so so n really, no one likes the idea. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just need to, you know, I, I think that so in my opinion, society is getting better and better, right? It, it, 200 years ago, you know, it was, it was legal to own people, right? I mean, we've had a lot of change rapidly, and I think that, that, that this is coming, right? That when, 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 a comp when it's safe for an employee to have integrity, that time is coming. It's not, it, yep. they're not there yet, yep. but it's coming. Yep. Excellent. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Much right, appreciated. appreciate it. Yep. Cheers.